When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. John! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. Hot route! I don't. W- what is hot route? Will you just go stand on the other side, please? Down! Come on! Ready! Down! Set! Hut! 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 Hit me! Booyah! That's what we call a sack lunch! It's time for the Soonerscoop.com postgame show presented by Eskridge Lexus in Oklahoma City. Eskridge Lexus is the official travel partner of Soonerscoop.com podcasts. Now, here's your road crew, Carrie, Eddie, and Bob, wrapping up all the action and reaction from this week's game. All right, we are back. It is the Eskridge Lexus postgame podcast, and it is a joyous one as the Sooners win at 27-13 yesterday. Uh, in Ames, Iowa, Carrie Murdoch here, Eddie Radosevich joining us as well. And uh, Eddie, just back, uh, what did you get back, about 3 in the morning last night from Ames? Yeah, it was about 2.45, so it wasn't too bad. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I would have been, if there were a back seat, I would have been sleeping. Uh, but, uh, no, you and Bob went in style this year. Uh, little uh, little supercar almost uh, from Lexus. Yeah, she gets up. It was uh, it was a lot of fun driving that thing up to uh, Ames, and uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm I think I'm I'm closer than ever and having to go see the fine folks at Eskridge and just getting a Lexus for myself after driving these for the last couple of weeks. Uh oh, uh, he's coming. For, we'll make we'll make Will deal with you. He'll he'll That's be fine. your salesman. That's fine. Crashed I, I crashed his wedding, yeah. so that that should be okay. Uh, but no, the Lexus RC, I believe it was the model that you guys yes. had, a little two door coupe, uh, sport coupe. So it uh, looked pretty mean. I'm glad. Any tickets that I need to know about? That I'm going to get a, a, you know, a, a mail something in the mail. Well, I, I mean, I, I don't think so. But uh, I was never pulled over. So how about that? I, I am innocent until proven guilty, right? I think the last time it was Des Moines that got you because you were. This time I just booked you in Ames. So yeah, we so we got to we got to uh, Ames on Friday night. But uh, yeah, I think that was like even because we were like going to the airport or something. I think yeah uh, that that last time. So. Yeah, I was uh, completely innocent, and they, uh, big brother, they got me. Uh, well, uh, Sooners win at 27-13, uh, so no traffic tickets that we know of at this point. And, uh, look, I think you saw what you wanted to see. You saw uh, maybe, maybe more than, than you wanted to see from the defense, who uh, only gave up about 30 yards rushing in the first half. And uh, you, you, you saw an offense that, you know, uh, Jeff Levy, I thought, had a great plan going in. You saw some. Pretty weird stuff with Marvin Mims dropping a bunch of passes, but uh, you were down on the field the whole time. It, it, it seemed like I was surprised at how good the crowd seemed. Yeah, it for a was, team that uh, lost just four in a row. In in the what? And for a team that had just lost four in a row coming in. Oh sure, yeah. I mean, Iowa State fans are good. Uh, it never got just like completely just out of control, but it was uh, it was a good crowd, and you know, I, I think Oklahoma played a, a part of that in uh, kind of, uh, I guess, taking them out of it, if you will. I don't, I don't know how to really explain that, but it was, <laughs> uh, 
uh, it was it was a it was a solid performance. I mean, I don't think that anything is necessarily fixed by any means. Like, I don't think the Hunter Deckers is very good. Iowa State offensively is pretty atrocious. Uh, but I thought they played well defensively. They tackled well, came up with some turnovers when they needed to, got some big uh, tackles for loss, and I don't know. It, it's kind of just a building block. I don't think that anything is necessarily – uh, completely changed because of the way that they played on Saturday. But for the first time in, you know, maybe this season, it feels like there's some, at least some positive momentum, you know, moving in the right direction as uh, as they, they head into these final four games. Well, and let's start out early because, uh, you know, offensively, I thought Jeff Levy had a great plan against that 3-3-5 defense. And, and he was calling a bunch of plays that worked. You saw receivers that were open. Uh, it, it wasn't what we've seen in years past where, uh, you know, yeah, the former coach, I guess we'll just call him now, uh, you know, struggled uh, against Iowa State, struggled to throw the ball, struggled to uh, get receivers open, and his quarterback struggled, and that goes back to Baker Mayfield. So uh, to watch Dylan Gabriel and Jeff Levy work the very first play of the game, Marvin Mims wide open down the sideline. I don't know how, if anybody would have caught up with him, it hits him right in the gut and he drops a pass. Uh, but then they continue to come back. Eric Gray just had a fantastic day. Uh, it, and I thought Marcus Major looked like a guy, Eddie, that was rusty, that was a, a thinking maybe a little too much, just wasn't letting loose. Uh, and that's going to – I think that's just going to – with him missing so much time, it's just going to take some time for him to get back in the flow. But Eric Gray went into the injury tent, came back, limped off the field at the end of the game. Uh, he, was, he was just outstanding on Saturday. Yeah, another 100-yard day for uh, Eric Gray. It, it's been kind of a t- continuation of what he's been able to do all season. And, uh, you know, it, it, the disparity between him and Marcus Major running the football uh, right now is – is it, it's a wide gap. There's just stuff that – it feels like it's there that Marcus Major – I don't know if he's not seeing it or if he's just not comfortable enough to, uh, to kind of trust himself uh, because it's there. Oklahoma, you know, they're playing pretty good up front. They're, they're able to run the football. Uh, but – yeah, I mean, it was it was a weird day offensively. It, it just feels like they are so, so close to being really, really good. And then they have one thing set them back, whether it be a penalty, uh, you know, even like the first the first series of the game, the, the you know, the the drop by Marvin Mims would have called, been called back because of a penalty. Yeah, that's so, right. Yeah. Uh, which was weird. Did they ever announce it in the stadium? No, no. And they were very confused in the broadcast booth as well because – they had no idea. It was like first and twenty, and yeah, and the even the scoreboard, the 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 bug was not updating correctly, and it all of a sudden it was first and ten, and then it was second and twenty. Like it was just, it was weird, man. It was a it I, was a bad day from the broadcast team. Yeah, I heard that the uh, the broadcast was uh, not the best. That they uh, they they rather they struggled pretty uh, pretty greatly. I the, it was weird though because then they go for it on you know obviously on what was third and 15 or whatever. I was like, is this not the fourth down? I, that was a weird way to start the game. Marvin Mims had a very forgettable performance in Ames. Uh, I have no idea what was wrong with him. Uh, six targets, two receptions, 16 yards. Uh, and it was seemingly a day in which he just should have been anywhere out other than on the field. I don't know. It was, no, Brayton it was strange, Willis had like, some rough moments as well. Yes. And and that's the thing. It's like it, it, they move the ball so well at times, and then 
they get into the red zone where they have to settle for a field goal or you have to settle for a field goal on the two-yard line yet again. Uh, and then, obviously, a, a great fake to kind of bail them out of it. But Yeah, I mean, it credit, was, credit, strange. Brent, credit Brent Venables because I wanted to talk about that early here. I mean, uh, that offense was struggling and, and did struggle at times uh, punching it in. And for Brent to call that fake field goal and open wide up, uh, Zach Schmidt, you know, he had the first 13 points of the game for the Sooners, uh, two field goals in a, in a fake field goal run. Uh, I guess that was a run. Yeah, it was. Uh, or no, they, I think Michael Turk had well, a pass. They, Michael Turk yeah, Michael was Turk gets with the, the pass. pass. Yeah. But, yeah. So, I mean, it was a receiving touchdown, essentially. It was a receiving touchdown, technically. Uh, but, like, for Brent to go for it there it, and for him to uh, allow his special teams, his kickoff return to, you know, bring the ball out, like – He's really going after it on special teams, and that set a pretty good tone. Yeah. Uh, the, the the kick return game didn't seem like it was very good yesterday, but, uh, you know, overall, I mean, you can't complain about the uh, the special teams aspect of it. They they whooped Iowa State's ass in that department, and the fake field goal was good. Zach Schmidt's been awesome. Uh, Brent Venables called him an assassin after the game, and uh, Michael Turk, when they needed two big punts, oh, Michael yeah. Kirk gave him a 60-yarder and a 61-yarder. Uh, I think people – I got a great shot of uh, both of them, but more so the the first of the 60-yarders. Uh, uh, Turk kind of gets, like, banged down. Like, I was surprised that they didn't call a uh, running into the kicker, but he, like, immediately pops up and just takes off straight down the field. It was pretty <laughs> funny to watch. Yeah, those, good, those two punts, uh, exactly when they need them. Exactly, I mean, there was a point in that game where momentum had turned to Iowa State and with their home crowd, like it could have become uh, an issue for this team that has been bite, you know, fighting adversity, fighting uh, some mental ups and downs. And Turk really stabilized them with those two punts. So, I mean, yeah. that's you can't discount what a big part of that game those two punts were. No, he's he was incredible. Uh, and you know, I, I, I think the other side of it too is, is that was uh, a defensive performance yesterday that, uh, maybe for the first time and maybe it was just like false hope, or maybe I just kind of talked myself into thinking that Iowa state was absolutely awful offensively that when OU's defense ran out onto the field, even in a 2013 game, you go, I think that they can get a stop. It feels like they're playing pretty well right now. Well, uh, and, and you know and that, quick, that before, it's an uncomfortable position to be in. Yeah, before we get too far into the defense, because I want to talk a lot about that. But uh, offensively, just going back there, uh, you know, I mentioned it, you know, kind of when we had the pod last week about you know mid-season grades or whatever. Like I thought Jalil Farouk was was a guy that uh, it, it really uh, surprised me, one of the biggest surprise players. And then he has the big play where he comes wide open across the middle, and and it's a bust in their secondary, but. Uh, really, it's like he scores that, and you're like, okay, uh, OU is OU's kind of figuring this out on offense. But, you know, he had four targets and four catches. Like, uh, Drake Stoops is the only other person. Well, Eric Gray, besides, but is, from a receiver, I think those are the only two guys you're like, okay, they had really solid days. Uh, and, you know, Theo East didn't get a lot of targets. I mean, uh, he, he got three, but one of them was that jump ball, you know, toward the end zone. Uh, but Farouk is a guy that, you know, they continue to find ways to get him the ball. And really, he opened things up for, you know, that offense uh, against that defense. And I, I think he's another guy like, you know, probably, you know, player of the game type candidate on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think so. Maybe that's a uh, 
maybe that has more to do with just not having a whole lot of options. But uh, he was he gave them production when he got the football. And I mean, they needed to go score. Uh, you know, they I, I kept telling uh, somebody I was standing next to on the on the sidelines down there shooting video. It's like every time that it was 13 to six, like you have to at some point you got to extend it. You got to you that that is something that Oklahoma hasn't been able to do here. Uh, you know, certainly this year is try to extend and put the foot on a throat. And, you know, obviously they Iowa State gets back into the game, but. It was just a good it was a positive. And, you know, I if nothing else, you look at what they were able to do offensively uh, just against a really, really good Iowa State defense. And uh, I think you can live with it. Like nothing at the uh, at the end of the day is going to be very sexy when you look at the box score. Uh, but, you know, particularly like a Dylan Gabriel stat line of 15-26-148, one touchdown. You can live with that, can't you, against that defense? Well, and that's the, that's the really strange thing is like the first quarter, uh, you know, it all seemed like, uh, you know, th- that offense was rolling and, and they just needed to, you know, not make some mistakes or get some penalties and this and that. Uh, and at halftime, you know, you look up and uh, what do they have at total – I'm trying to kind of piece it all together here in my head in terms of uh, total yards. But, uh, I mean, they, they end up with fewer offensive yards than Iowa State does, but that's because Iowa State was just desperate. I mean, I mean, you're sitting there, and I'm looking at the, the, the stat sheet as it goes along the live feed, and, you know, the, the Deckers kid is, like, throwing 50 passes. I'm like, holy crap. They're th-. Like, he ended up with 57 passes on that game because they could not run the ball. Uh, and, you know, oh, you got a steady stream of pressure throughout the day. I mean, he had one run that you're just like, oh, that looked like that was a bad – that was some PTSD from Adrian Martinez. The uh, one out of the end zone. Yes, the one out of the end zone. Uh, and then they convert the two fourth downs in a row, and that's back to what we're talking about with Turk and, uh, you know um, – yeah, the, how big those punts were because they were just going to throw it every down and they were going to go for it on fourth down every time. It was just complete desperation uh, by Iowa State. I mean, they they came, they basically were like, they, they just laid it all out there. Like, we're going to win or lose just chunking this thing down the field. Uh, and OU kind of, you know, they, they had to overcome it and they did. Yeah, with, and even with all the good that was in there, it's like you go back to those two fourth downs, uh when it's 22, I guess it's 27, 13 and it, or what was it? 20 now? Yeah. 27, six, right? Uh, I no, don't know. I no, never it was, got it was 20. There. It was 20 to six. It was 20 to six. Cause that made it 20 to 13. Right. right. It was 13, right. six, then 20 yeah, yeah, yeah. to six, then 20 to 13, then 27 right, right, to 13. Right, right. Yeah. I had to talk myself all the way into that. <laughs> uh, it, it's just so frustrating because it's like, I just don't feel like there's anybody else in the country that watches a team week after week after week, not be able to just get off the field, especially in those particular situations where it's like, now they did and credit them that, you know, it's what is it? 27 to 13. They come up with a stop inside the red zone late in the fourth quarter. But, uh, you know, and at the end of the day, I guess, does it really not matter? But I, I don't know. It, it probably doesn't, but, uh, it's just frustrating to see them like just re- repeatedly each week not be able to get off the field in uh, you know those really tight situations. But overall, defensively, when the bar's set as low as it has been with this group, 
uh, that was uh, that was a pretty good performance. Hopefully, you can build off of it here over the next couple of weeks. There was a lot of really good uh, individual performances. Deshaun White was amazing. Yeah, and we can switch over to the defense and just talk about it. I mean, look, I think like you look at that Oklahoma State Kansas State game yesterday, and you know what can happen to a team. Uh, that was a team that's been playing great all season. Uh, and it just kind of reminds you of like, you know, OU in Texas, like how a team can kind of fall apart all of a sudden. And, and they have a lot of injuries at Oklahoma State. I understand that. But, you know, that losing that Texas game really took a toll, I think, on this team mentally, the way they did it. Uh, and just that stretch of TCU in Texas uh, and, and not having Dylan Gabriel. But, you know, we talked about, you know, this defense and how they kind of hang their heads when bad things happen. Uh, and they needed to show a little bit of progress against Kansas and a little bit of progress against Iowa State. I would say, if anything, from what I saw, this this defense, even though, yes, it is the worst offense in, in the Big 12 Conference, they still went out and held them to 13 points, which three weeks ago, you wouldn't have thought that they could hold anyone to under 40. I mean, it, it was just that bad defensively. So I would say, from what we saw of them yesterday, they're, they're, they're ahead of schedule from what I expected in terms yeah. of just making progress. No, I, I think so. And, you know, it, it's also one of those things. It's like if you would have told me that they were going to hold as bad as Iowa State is offensively and especially in an inability to run the football, if you would have told me that they were going to hold them to under 30 yards of rushing in the first half, I would have said there's no way. So, I mean, they they have made – did did they play better than they did a week ago? The answer is yes. And if, like, if they can just continue to make those steps – as bad as this thing has been, I think that you got to live with that. And I mean, it, it's kind of like what we talked about before going into the game that they have a chance to win their next four games. Now, will they, I, I have no idea. I didn't expect Baylor to go to Lubbock and win last night, but, uh, we'll see. I mean, the, I, I guess in a way, maybe Oklahoma state's looking a little bit more winnable than maybe you thought it was, uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, and then Tech and West Virginia, two teams that Oklahoma's had a, had a bunch of success against, even though they'll still be tough games on the road. So uh, I thought it was encouraging. If, if nothing else, it was encouraging uh, to see a defense and just go out and tackle well. Like they were, they didn't have bust. They were doing things that you just expected to happen, but they didn't happen for a month. So you started wondering where that went. Yeah, and and you know, was this team? you know, cratered mentally where they were they uh uncoachable, all those kinds of things. And, you know, having a bye week, having a I you know, it is interesting the rest of the way, you know, how Britt handles this team and practice and getting guys ready and, and making sure his team is fresh. Like it's obvious whatever plan they came up with is working a little bit. And uh they did look like they were ready to play a full, you know, a full 60 minutes I'm, can, basketball just started so I'm getting really confused uh you know full 60 minutes uh, on on both sides of the ball and you know it, it's like this offensive line you know we've been kind of hinting about how it's on the verge of, of looking dominant at times I mean other than some penalties I mean they looked really good uh Deshaun White like you mentioned just fantastic I mean he is he is really finding a home at that cheetah position and starting to be a guy that's flying all over the field, especially Eddie late in games is when he's making his biggest impacts. Yeah, he, he's been amazing. And, you know, he had the uh, the pick there in the second half against Kansas, came up with, uh, you know, obviously career-high 14 tackles on Saturday up in Ames. And uh, maybe it's just becoming a little bit more comfortable. Uh, maybe it's just a little bit more of 
guys around him actually playing better as well, which makes the entire unit better. Uh, you know, I talking to him after the game, I he, he obviously was extremely pleased with how he played, but I think he was just pleased that the entire defense could finally put together a, uh, you know, a positive performance in uh, a year that hasn't been uh, – hasn't been filled with those moments. So it was kind of uh, funny in the in the post game. You asked him about uh, you know just just the success and and how much this team needed it. And it was like he 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 started answering your question. He was like, "Yeah, we really needed it." And he was like, "God, I don't know really how to talk positively about this team." Yeah. Like it was like he was lost for words. He literally no. was lost for words. Like, wow, I'm really having to discuss like feeling good about this defense, and I don't know that I have the vocabulary to talk about that right now. Well, and, and particularly two guys, uh, you know, on the defensive side of the ball that have been, you know, obviously one is uh, a little bit of a, uh, a lightning rod in Justin Broyles, and he comes up with the big interception there in the fourth quarter. And then, uh, yeah. and then, and then da Danny Stutzman, who's been up and down all year. I, I don't think that anybody's necessarily given up on Danny, but, uh, you know, to say that he's had a good season would probably be a little bit of a, uh, a fable. So a fib, uh, a lie. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Love Stutzman, but uh, need to need him to play better. And, well, and, the, and the great uh, thing it was, about it was a his big play. The, the great thing about Stutzman play was basically he got he was out of position on the touchdown uh, over the middle on the on the uh, touchdown before, uh, and then he 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 didn't let that receiver cross him. He cut you know he cut the route uh, and and got the football. And people are like, oh, that was a terrible throw. No, the way he played it made it look like a terrible throw because he read what was going on because he just screwed up on the same type of play earlier, uh, and he, he cut off the route and was able to get to the ball before it reached the tight end, uh, and I really wish he would have scored a touchdown. I mean, that was the yeah. only negative about that. It's like, all you have to do, Danny, just run over the quarterback. Just run him over. Like, it wouldn't have been that hard. It was uh, it was a big play and, you know, obviously a, a much needed moment for, uh, you know, I guess moments even plural uh, for an Oklahoma defense there in the second half that, you know, they they played well enough to uh, to give themselves the chance to win the game. And, uh, you know, obviously we're able to get out of there with a win, something that, you know, I, I think I saw yesterday that that's the uh, that was the worst. Let me pull pull this back up, and make sure I get this right. But it's I, their I, worst I, loss of the season. Well, worst loss at home under Matt Campbell since uh, I want to say maybe his first or second year there. I thought Oklahoma State beat them by double digits a couple of years ago. Okay, maybe that's what it was. Well, then. Or Brennan Presley like jumped up and yeah, snatched it out of the air, and then they, I think they intercepted it. Maybe that wasn't a double digit game. I'd okay, it was uh, it was Matt Campbell's largest loss since uh, the seven and six Ike Cyclones. Lost to 12-2 and two Notre Dame in their 2019 bowl game. Matt Campbell's second largest loss at home since being hired by Iowa State in 2015. Only bigger loss was to West Virginia in 2016. Wow. That just shows you how consistent they've been. I mean, now they've lost five in a row. And before that, before OU, so you had 13 on to uh, 14, uh, which, you know, that's not a whole lot of points to lose five straight games. No, they're, it, it's a competitive program that does not necessarily get blown out. Now, the bad news for them is they don't win close games either. I was listening. Travis Hines on the uh, Oklahoma breakdown with an incredible stat going into last week's game. Iowa State was one in nine in their last 10 one possession games. 
they had a graphic during the game. Uh, Iowa State has lost in, in in one possession games. They it, over however many years, like they were thirty second uh, in the country. In uh, I don't know in the country, but thirty second, rated thirty second for most losses in a one possession game. Oklahoma was like twenty twenty. Wow, I don't know what that was. Uh, no, but Oklahoma in close in one score games, they were like thirty second for wins. It was, I mean, it was amazing. Yeah, it's crazy. They they have had a uh, rough go of it up there, and I, you know, I didn't necessarily just stand around talking to Iowa State fans, but just the moans and groans throughout the stadium. Uh, you know, I, I think they're they're a little impatient, uh, just as far as what that product is right now. I don't think that, that, you know, anybody, nobody's necessarily running Matt Campbell out of uh, Ames, but they got to, they got to find a way to start winning football games. And obviously he's going to get a little bit of a year of a rebuild after all the guys that they lost. You know, it, it's kind of funny. Stud, their stud safety transferred. Like he went to the portal. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I don't even know, you know where I, he ended up, but I mean, like they have, they basically have very average linebackers now that they lost Mike Rose. Uh, I mean, they're okay, but they're not, you know, studs like what they've had. And then their secondary just isn't as good. And they have one safety that's the number one guy. What's his name? Anderson. Uh, I mean, he's excellent. Is Sheem Young? Is that who you're thinking of? Yes. Yeah. He ended up at Old Miss. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, thing? like it, it's kind of a – kind of a bad product right now i mean obviously they're pretty good defensively offensively watching oh. that thing it is uh it's it's Their pretty rough line's not very good i mean and that's no that's a kind of a state you always kind of like wow iowa state's offensive line is surprisingly good well and that's the other thing is like i mean i i thought oklahoma's defensive line they played pretty darn well yeah, yesterday they did. i mean even jordan kelly was making plays which is it was almost kind of a like a, oh yeah where's he been moment Hey, by the way, the official travel partner of Soonerscoop.com is Eskridge Lexus. Uh, very proud to be associated with them. You guys know uh, I've been driving Lexuses for a long time. Uh, just unbelievable reliability from uh, all Lexuses, and that's one of the big reasons uh, that uh, I am a, a, a proud Lexus owner. Uh, look, new, new car inventories, they're still pretty limited, uh, but they are improving, uh, and... Uh, Ed says they've got more new vehicles arriving every week. So uh, since their new inventories have been limited, uh, they've been stocking up on Lexus L-certified pre-owned vehicles. Uh, and trust me, those engines and those things are bulletproof almost. Uh, so you have no worries. Uh, you'll get an unlimited mile, uh, unlimited mile full factory warranty, uh, up to six years of coverage. Uh, L-certified cars also come with four free services, free car washes, and use of brand new Lexus loaner vehicles while your car is in our service department. So like if you're me and you're a Norman and you take your car up for service, they need to give you a car to drive until uh, yours is ready. And that's really helpful uh, being from Norman. So visit EskridgeLexus.com for the most up-to-date inventories or to book your next service appointment. They get you in, they get you out, uh, and uh, just, just tell them what you want and they'll keep an eye out for it, hold you one back as soon as it comes in. That's what I did for my latest uh, IS350, uh, and you can do it too. EskridgeLexus.com, official travel partner of Soonerscoop.com. Yeah, Jordan Kelly was making plays. I mean, uh, Jalen Redmond had that one play where he 
just ripped the guy down by his shoulder pads, and the fans were grumbling because they thought it had to be a face mask. But yeah, uh, it was legitimately just ripped him down by grabbing his shoulder pad. Uh, so I and they got pressure, and, and Brent sent pressure from a lot of different places. So um, I, you know, I thought overall the pressure was not an issue. They were they were really good. No, they were. And uh, you know, Jonah Laulu was had a pretty good day. I know that Josh gave him a really good a high grade on. Uh, the report card on the Crimson Corner. So it was um, overall, it was it was a very positive day. And, you know, we'll see how they can uh, continue to uh, build off of this. Obviously, with Blake Shaping coming in, it's going to be another test through the air next week. And uh, we'll see. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I still don't really know what to make of this entire thing. And uh, they're now, what, nine, uh, eight weeks into it? It, it kind of doesn't even make any sense. Well, I think, you know, the defense, we'll find out, but they seem to be figuring it out, at least in the run game specifically. And I thought, you know, linebacker play was a lot better in, 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 in you know, stopping the run. Uh, you see more guys. I mean, Jaden Davis was fantastic. I mean, I think he was third in the team on tackles. Uh, but, you know, just as a, a run, uh, not stopping, but a, a corner that can play the run, He's becoming really impressive there. And, you know, I'm trying to figure out, you know, I haven't seen, I think Bob put it up this morning. I need to go look at it. Uh, the uh, PFF uh, uh, totals, I'm going to grab that right now. Uh, but just seeing how much Billy Bowman played, because I know he played, I just noticed Key Lawrence a lot more than I did Billy Bowman. Yeah, he did not play as much as I thought he would. I I don't have the numbers in front of me as far as how many snaps he got, but uh, he did not get in until I want to say, I want to say it was the second quarter, second series, or I think it was second series. It was right after Iowa State's first field goals when he came out there, I want to say. But I thought he was, you know, it. I would have to go back and watch the game to say, you know, how he played. Uh, he was credited with what two tackles, two assisted tackles. So uh, it was, I, if nothing else, it's a positive to get him back onto the field. He's obviously, uh, you know, Brent made a comment about the big knee brace. He doesn't like the the defensive backs back there with knee braces on. Uh, it it was just good to get him back out onto the field. Hopefully, you can get a you know, one hundred percent healthy Billy Bowman. Uh, you know, obviously for this week and then Bedlam and uh, your your final two road trips to Lubbock and uh, Morgantown. Well, I mean, that's the thing that it's just like with Marcus Major. I mean, these guys, yes, you get them back and yes, they get medically cleared. Uh, but if they've missed multiple games, they rarely just come out and play like the guy that you saw before he got hurt. I mean, it just it takes these guys some time. And, and I mean, it's been like with our Mason Thomas, they've brought him to games, they've had him warm up, but then he's been in street clothes. Uh, and that was several weeks. Like, it's just they want to get these guys acclimated. They want to get them, uh, you know, part of the routine so that when they get back out there, it could, you know, kind of come back quickly. But like I said, with Marcus Major, you could tell. He just he, – he, he wasn't, you know, sharp. He, he didn't look like the guy that we thought he was uh, before he got hurt. He was just tentative. Uh, and I think Billy Bowman's going to have to kind of go through the same thing, you know, get back. I'm sure he's been limited in practice, and they've taken it easy on him uh, and not going full go, you know, like like other people are. So it'll it'll probably just take two or three weeks for, for us to really see that Billy Bowman that we, 
we were seeing before that TCU injury. Sure. And, you know, I, the Marcus Major thing was interesting yesterday just for the fact that uh, nobody knew that Javante Barnes wasn't going to travel until uh, they're out there during pregame. It's like, OK, I haven't seen uh, number two. Where's he at? And uh, after the game, Brett Venables says that uh, he had a hamstring uh, issue, I think is how he termed it, uh, that kept, kept him out of uh, or the uh, the plans to travel. And then Tyler Guyton had his uncle's funeral. So he, that's why uh, he was not at the game on Saturday. So, uh, you know, they they're damn lucky that Eric Gray, I think, is going to be OK. He just said after the game, it was really weird. He said that it was. Uh, an issue of just getting stretched out. So he was I, he, I, not even like downplaying <laughs> it. He was just saying that he wasn't injured, which I don't know why you went to the tent for, you know, basically 30 minutes, but that was weird. You know, he comes out after uh, getting out of the tent and oh, you had just gotten the ball back and he just, he ran all the way down the sidelines and uh, caught them because they were in a TV break. And then that's how he got back out on the field. So I don't know, man, it was uh you know, when you have a healthy Eric Gray, he's really, really good. Uh, but that run game definitely hurt when he was not on the field. Well, and for people wondering, like, you know, saw him limp off the field at the end of the game. Like, he did do post-game interviews. And if a guy's really hurt, he doesn't come out for post-game interviews. They just, you know, start getting his treatment, get him in the bus or whatever. Uh, but he looked fine. I mean, from what I could tell, just, just you know, from your camera, um, seemed like he was, you know, good to go moving forward. Yeah. Yeah, no, he was, and, uh, you know, maybe you take a little bit of workload off of him this week early uh, just to, uh, you know, make sure that he is ready for Saturday. But uh, he came and talked to the media after the game. He was, you know, he was limping pretty good, but he downplayed everything, you know, gave no indication that this would be a, a long-term deal or anything like that. Uh, it was announced at next week's game, uh, 2 o'clock start. It will be on ESPN. Uh, if you're a scooper, you should not be a poor that complains about that. You should you should just have ESPN Plus already. I mean, come on. I mean, do you not have ESPN Plus, Eddie? Do I not? Yeah. No, I I have it. Okay. I watch it. I just think you should probably turn in your man card if you complain about ESPN Plus. Games. I just I don't know how anybody is operating in society in uh, <laughs> 2022 without the. ESPN plan or the Disney plan. I know you can get that stuff in bundles or whatever. If you have kids, uh, you definitely have the e the Disney plan. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it doesn't make any sense to me. And I, you know, the, the fact that it is on ESPN plus is a little bit funny, but I guess it doesn't really I affect. Mean, it's a really good game to be on ESPN plus. Although I watched college football final this morning. I don't even think they showed the OU Iowa state highlights. Oh, did they not? <laughs> I don't think they did. If they did, I missed it, and I missed it twice because I sat there and just let it run through twice. Yeah. Well, I mean, there was a lot of really good games yesterday, or I guess uh, I guess not good games. There was interesting matchups, uh, and then obviously some surprises here and there. But uh, we'll see. I mean, well, I mean, you I, had Michigan, Michigan State. You had Ohio State, Penn State. You had OSU getting blown out, which is surprising. You had TCU. I mean, boy, USC. Uh, they uh, upset a lot of gamblers last night. Yeah, we were listening to a little bit of that on the way home. Uh, you know, it is interesting to me that, uh, you know, you look across the landscape of college football, and if you want to talk about just absolute dumpster fires, I mean, we thought for, you know, three weeks basically that we were kind of living it, but there are some programs out there that are just absolute, just 
mockeries of the game of college I watched football. every second of Ole Miss Texas A&M last night. Uh, that, that's one of them. <laughs> one of them for sure. It, it sounded like uh, Brian Harson was going to be fired today, but I haven't ever seen anything. Well, on they that. just hired a new AD, so I think it's going to. They well, hired not, Mississippi State's AD, so oh, he's going to have official? to. Well, that was the reports that it okay. was it was close to being a done deal. So John Cohen or whatever yes. from Mississippi State. Yes. Yeah. It. Uh. I mean. That's a dumpster fire. A&M, it, you know, I think it makes everybody around here feel pretty good that they're three and five right now. I think I thought Wegman looked pretty good last night. No, he, and I think he's going to be really good. I, I remember when Josh went to go see him, uh, you know, a couple years ago, and I think he had like six or seven touchdowns that night. And it was like, yeah, this guy's going to be really, really good. Yeah, and I mean, look, it's, it's, it's that whole thing, and, and it's going to be a, a talking point for everyone about if you sell out to NIL, are you going to get uncoachable kids? And yeah, I, I don't, but that's the thing. The guys that are signing because NIL, they're all, they're all kids. Like the uncoachable ones are the ones that have been there. So I don't, it, it, it's, you know, it was interesting seeing Oklahoma state just get hammered. And uh, that was without Adrian Martinez starting yesterday. Will Howard was the guy that tore them apart. And so, you know, I did watch, I did flip around that Baylor game a little bit last night, and they just pretty much dominated Texas Tech and physically dominated them. And Baylor's down a bunch of guys, too. So um, that will be a really interesting game. I mean, basically, the parody is here at the Big 12. It's, it's never been more even with more teams. Uh, yeah. To, to have, you've had some parody, uh, but you've always had Oklahoma just being a little bit above that parody line. Now, neither Texas nor Oklahoma are above that parity line. I mean, like TCU, they haven't lost, and you got to give them credit for that, but they also haven't really been blowing people out other than OU. No, I mean, every game that they've played in has been basically fourth quarter down to the wire. I mean, that West Virginia game was pretty close until, you know, a couple of things happened late in that game. Yeah, and they kept uh, throwing it up on, like, the, you know, they put up the scoreboard ribbon or whatever on the on the uh, jumbotron and it seemed like it was a really competitive game uh you know I I still don't know if I like necessarily trust TCU to go undefeated but all of a sudden you look up and they're eight no and I you know where's the loss gonna come uh also today some uh, really big news for the big 12 is uh they reportedly get their new TV deal uh post OU of Texas uh looks like to me just doing simple math, I mean, it, it's about $31.6 million per team. And I don't know what the shares will be for UCF and Houston and BYU and uh, Cincinnati, like if they're, they'll be coming in on full shares or not. But you're going to go to 12 teams, and it was like $388, mil, bill, 388 million a year, like $2.2 billion for six years. But the one thing it does – and look – I, I'm one of those guys, like, what OU in Texas did to the Big 12, like, damn, they did up dirty. Like, it's still, like, it's, it's, it's not cool. Like, it's not. I, I feel bad for the Big 12. I feel bad for the teams in the Big 12. I'm glad that they did this and kind of were like, okay, Pac-12, your move now. Go, go get a contract now and, and keep your teams now because we just did this deal and we're, we're going to survive. Now, they're not, they're not going to be making the $70 million they're saying the Big 10 and the SEC is going to be making. Uh, but it does it does keep them a major Power Five conference moving forward. 
it's been really kind of interesting. Like, I, I guess I haven't really paid a whole lot of attention to all the your mark stuff and like the bickering between the Big 12 and the Pac-12. Uh, I've seen it loosely on Twitter and stuff with people taking shots at each other, but all that stuff is kind of fascinating. Like, I guess how much people care about it. I don't know. I, I'm, I care, but I don't really care if that makes sense. (laughs) I think it's because a lot of it's coming from the PAC 12 or not coming from the PAC 12 where they don't really care. I mean, Stanford kind of proved last weekend. They don't really care about football. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's a lot of schools out there that don't care, and it sounds like the Pac-12 is going to be headed to uh, the streaming route, and they're going to get more money because Amazon or somebody's going to pay them a bunch of Amazon, money. But yeah. good luck getting those games. Like, and but then again, there's a bunch of people that have cut cable, so I completely get that side of it. It's just like uh, there's so much unknown when you talk about you know television networks and contracts and all this kind of stuff about the future that I don't know. I I find it fascinating to a certain extent, and then it's there's only so much that I can consume before I go, okay, I don't really care. I just think, I think that's a mistake, the streaming route, because recruits aren't tuning in to Amazon Prime or Apple Plus to watch your games. Yeah, but are they growing up in homes that that's the only television watching option? I guess that, is that the way that you would have to look at it? I don't know. I mean, maybe it's, it's, I mean, I know a lot of my friends that are, you know, they obviously have kids that are younger but they've all cut cords, so I assume that that's how those kids will watch TV. But then again, I don't know if kids watch a whole lot of TV. Yeah. If you're just watching uh, your iPad the entire time. Well, and maybe those for the really young kids, more will see it. I don't know. But I just I don't like the idea of taking your sport off of traditional cable. Yeah. Like the NFL is just dipping their toe in it. The yeah. Pac-12 would be putting their entire league on streaming. Oh, the, uh, the the NFL thing, it's like the, uh, you know, it's just like icing on top of a cake. Right? right. It's just the added bonus to basically owning everything that is on television in the NFL world. So, uh, you know, I I don't know. It is the it is interesting just as far as how much money is involved in, you know, really what is behind every decision that is involved in this sport i mean it comes down to what happens with the money and what the tv contracts want hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And what, what if the TV networks want? What if ESPN and the SEC says, hey, we'll sell a weekly SEC game of the week to Amazon? Like, and they go out and they steal that. Oh, I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be shocked if that if that happens. Like, I, you almost kind of expect it that way, don't you? Or Or the Big Ten, yeah. I mean... The, the interesting thing is, like, I, you know, people want to say, well, does this mean now that they've got their next contract that Oklahoma and Texas can leave? I don't think it does because Fox is still involved in this. Uh, they don't want to let go of that valuable inventory for the next two years. Like, they want to be able to keep OU Texas on their channel at least one more time. Like, it's just – it's OU and Texas are too valuable to Fox. Now, ESPN doesn't care because – they're going to get the – like, if you see the, 
you know, like ESPN or SEC, it's all ESPN. Except it was CBS, but now that's going to ESPN. So, like, Fox, they'll never have Oklahoma or Texas on again once they go to the SEC. Yeah. It – I don't know. Maybe I'm just being defiant about it. I still think that 2024 will be the year. Somehow they get out a year early, but we'll see. I mean, I don't – nobody truly knows. Yeah, I think it'll take this next year – you know, I, I I think if you leave it up to Mike Gundy, he'd make him stay till 2025 out of spite, like uh, find some loophole in the contract that have me. But I think I think the emotions after another year will fade and it, it'll be more about moving on. OK, we got the new TV contract. We got these new teams in the league. I, 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 I would hope that it would get to the point where the Big 12 would just kind of be like, just let him go. Yeah. And eventually, the, it, I, I guess, like it, when it comes down to money, that it's easy for me to sit here and say this. But at some point, you would think that everybody would just want to wipe their hands clean and get this thing over yeah. with. It's it's not necessarily a uh, it's not like a nasty divorce by any means, but it's also uncomfortable, I guess, is probably the best way to say it. I think everybody's just ready to move on. I think I think not everybody is, but they will be here soon. I mean, it's. Yeah. It's just like the Lincoln Riley thing. At some point, you just have to you can you can take your little shots, but you know you stop being consumed by it. Yeah, I mean, that, we haven't I, sold I, I a think, rush eight rush 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 three drop eight shirt in a while. Yeah, I, I think, I, people I think are that's over fair. It. I think that's fair. So it's almost unhealthy just to keep harping on it, you know, over yeah. and over and over and over again. But that's going to be the next big thing. Like, I mean, look. OU and Texas, they're in no rush to get to the SEC right now. I mean, I, and that's the great thing about the last two games for Oklahoma is uh, some of the noise from, you know, negative recruiters can kind of slow down a little bit. Yeah, I think so. And if nothing else, just look at some of the schools within the SEC right now that have, uh, you know, basically turned it around in one year. And, you know, namely, it could be the number one team in the college football playoff rankings on Tuesday night in Tennessee. Like, they were – they were abysmal, not abysmal, but they had problems a year ago. They were abysmal two years ago before Josh got there, and uh, all of a sudden they're one of the best teams in the country. Like this thing, it can be turned around quickly. Uh, you just got to continue to, uh, you know, as cliche as it sounds, put in the work and just get it done. Continue it's, getting better. And uh, you know, I think you know we talked about like, did Robert Spears Jones get, or Jennings get any snaps Saturday? Yeah, he. Yeah, he was out there. It was kind of late, but he was out there at times. Okay. So uh, the whole youth movement and getting those guys in, I you know, I think that's partially though because the defense played so well. Like yeah. if they had struggled, uh then you probably would have seen him a little bit earlier. Uh but you know, that's going to be the other thing the rest of the season, seeing that youth movement, seeing uh Jaron Canick, seeing Robert Spears Jennings, uh you know, when Billy Bowman gets back to full speed, um you know, how much do you you continue to see Key Lawrence? Um, but you know, developing those guys, I mean, that's that becomes the next phase of this thing if you feel like you're getting your defense figured out. Do you feel better than maybe a week ago that oh you can win their last four games? Yeah, or sure. Do you do you think that they no, can? Even? I, I guess that's where we should start. Yeah, I no, I think they can. I mean, I you know. Baylor, Tech, West Virginia, they can win all of those. Bedlam's going to be nuts, but it's in Norman. And, you know, depending on what kind of health 
everybody get. I mean, Spencer Sanders did leave that game hurt again. Yeah, he looked like they had uh, to bring in Gunnar Gundy. That was kind of uncomfortable watching him having to labor around. I mean, you talk about a guy. He, he's earned. He might not be the uh, the best quarterback in the Big Twelve or anything like that, but. Spencer Sanders, he put his nutsack out on the line. I mean, these last couple of weeks, he's basically been playing in a banged up body. So, uh, you know, they're that's kind of an interesting situation. They're a, like a three point favorite going to Lawrence this this weekend. Uh, OSU is like the the entire Big Twelve. You know, it's like you said, the parity within the league right now. Anybody can beat anybody. It's kind of fun. Well, and the other, we know how that works though too, though. You start losing starters, you start, you know, having attrition, uh, you can get bad really fast. Sure. I mean, just like with Dylan Gabriel. I mean No doubt. You you <laughs> lose a Spencer Sanders and you have unproven guys behind him, you can become the worst team. You can literally become the worst team in the league overnight. I guess. I mean, is Kansas State just kind of shoving that right back in our face as beat up as they are and they just continue winning, although they did get beat in Fort Worth. Uh but I don't know. Will Howard was incredible yesterday. Yeah, he was really good. Um, but I mean, he came in and played well against TCU as well. So I mean, no, he think did. About it. They lost to TCU playing Will Howard the entire game outside of the first series because Adrian Martinez just played the first series and then never played again. Yeah. So I, you know, I'm not saying that they're going to be even better when Adrian Martinez comes back. I mean, I think Will Howard with some of the weapons they have on offense, as long as they're controlling the line of scrimmage like they did. And that's the other thing, like OSU, like they still had Brock Martin. They had Trace Ford. They had Colin Oliver. Like they had the guys up front, and they just beat them. I mean, K-State, I mean, we've seen them play. Their offensive line is good. Yeah. Really good. No, they are good. That And, you know, I think that that is one of the things that, you know, just talking to a couple of my Oklahoma State buddies – uh, about it. It's just like once you get past that defensive line of Brock Martin and Colin Oliver, uh, and you know, who who's the third guy that Trace Ford said? is just uh, kind of coming yeah. back still. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh that's kind of it. They don't have a whole lot of depth on the defensive line. So if you can if if they're gonna be playing as many plays as those guys have seen here over the last, you know, three, four weeks, like in this stretch that they've been in. Uh, it makes that shit tough. I mean, they are, they're a tired, beat-up group uh, that I don't think has a whole lot of depth, and I think it's probably showing. Uh, it'll be really interesting to see what happens. What's Jalen Daniels' situation going into this weekend? Yeah, I mean, you know, separated shoulder. He's what? That was right before the OU game, so yeah. it's probably not till the, probably the final not two games of the season until he'd re be ready if then, if at all. Yeah, well, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see if Oklahoma can continue playing uh, good defense. You know, David Awegbu was another guy that Josh highlighted on uh, Saturday in the report card that he thought had a really good day. They, really, I mean, you as much as we talked about on the U40 last week, as disappointing as the linebacker core had been, uh, they must have listened to it because they had a pretty good day. They look like uh, they're figuring out Awegbu, Stutzman, and yeah. uh, and Deshaun White. Well, Deshaun White's just been fantastic. I mean, that's. That's the he is. I'm trying to think. I mean, like for all that we knew, Kenneth Murray was like a legit NFL prospect. I think we all watched him and were like, eh, we should we should see more. Like 
if he really is this number one pick, number one first round pick, like I would think he'd be a little better. Like Deshaun White, to me, is like, wow. Like that's what a linebacker looks like to me. And I mean, flying in, you know, forcing fumbles, interceptions, big plays behind the line of scrimmage. Like he's just getting it. And it's fun to watch. Yeah. He played well yesterday. Now it's up to uh, Stutzman and, and Aguebu to start getting it. And I mean, yeah. it's, it's, what are we, uh, eight games in now? So, uh, brand new defense. Maybe we're seeing a turnaround. Maybe, maybe they're figuring it out. But that's the thing. It's like you have to keep playing another and not do a Texas all over again. Yeah. And, you know, that's the most amazing thing is about all of it is that it just is so week to week. Like it, they can they can go out and just look completely lost, and then they can look you know somewhat like a competent product. And yesterday we got a competent product. Uh, it's just it you know maybe that's just college football in a nutshell. Uh, but that's where this thing is at right now. Uh, you just hope that it you know continues here over the course of the next four weeks. And uh, you know they do that, they'll be able to give themselves a chance uh, if they can get the uh, the football moving with Dylan Gabriel. So. He's been good since coming back from the concussion. He hasn't been great, I guess, is probably uh, the way to uh, summarize that. But they got to get better play from the wide receivers, particularly Marvin Mims. He needs to have a bounce back oh, day against Baylor. I mean, I can't imagine him having a, having a worse day. I mean, it was just weird. It was like he was, um, I don't know, just like he was completely detached from everything yesterday. Yeah. I mean, he just didn't seem to be present. It really was weird. Uh, by the way, I I I'm, I never want to be that guy that tells fans how to be fans. But let's I'm going to deal with this Monday morning, and I'm really not looking forward to it. Let's let's hold off on figuring out how OU gets to the Big Twelve Championship game just yet. Well, I I mean, if if we want to have that honest conversation, <laughs> no, I think I yesterday yesterday. Well, it, I mean, but yesterday truly the worst thing that happened was the way that Kansas State played. Yes. I think if you wanted a, a true window, if you really wanted a true... Because they've already beaten you. Uh, right. And you still have to play Oklahoma State, so that would have meant that, you know, you would have needed... You would have obviously needed to win Bedlam and then have Iowa State or West Virginia beat... OSU. Oklahoma State. Yeah. But now, I mean, it you're, you're talking about... I mean... And Kansas it, I, State's played Oklahoma State, TCU, and Oklahoma, so... Yeah, like I, they're they would have to they're gonna have to drop a couple games that would be absolute surprises. But then again, in this conference, who knows what's gonna happen? Uh, you know the way the way that this conference works, it seems like, uh, you know whoever Kansas State plays this weekend, who they play Texas, uh, they'll probably end up getting beat. So I don't know. Texas, I mean Texas and Oklahoma, the rest of the way is going to be interesting because yeah, they're both two very talented teams who are not playing well. Which one's gonna? Which one's getting to the finish line with the better record? Yeah, Texas is playing uh, up in Manhattan, coming off of a bye next week. Ooh. Texas and Kansas with the byes this week. So OSU gets. Uh, I think Bijan Robinson will have the a tough time against Kansas State. Yeah, they played really well yesterday. I, I don't know. I have no idea what to think of this thing right now. Uh, just overall, top to bottom, but it should be pretty fun. It's gonna Look, be a competitive game. Let's face it, though. If you win out and you're Oklahoma. That that's that's if, big time. If, I mean that that solves a lot oh, of problems. I mean, you talk regardless about, if you go to the Big Twelve Championship or not. No, it's it, it, 
100%, I, you know, and it's a little bit weird that you say this. I guess, you know, technically it would be a lie. But I think that you would say that this has been 100% a success if you could finish off a 9-3. and three. Like, that would be, from where this thing was, I mean, my God. You know what going- You know what thought I had yesterday more than anything? Uh, not Like, the question to me right now is not, kiddo, you make it to the Big 12 championship somehow. The question is, after watching Oregon and the way that they've Bo Nix is playing, uh, watching TCU, if they get into the CFP discussion, even if they don't, I guess, uh, we could be headed toward an Oklahoma-USC-Valero-Alamo Bowl. Yeah, I guess would they need to get beat again? Well, that's their second selection. It's Well, I mean – they would have to have a team in the CFP, and then the second team would have to go to the Rose Bowl. But does the Rose Bowl, are they in the CFP this year? Rotation. I mean, my God, fingers crossed. That'd be, <laughs> it would be a. Uh, we would, I would have to go just to go to all the press conferences. It'd be a banner week. I would just go and cover USC. That'd be pretty And you funny. and Bob could cover OU. That'd be pretty funny. I mean, it would be, uh, I don't know. I don't want to get my hopes up. I, I want that to happen, obviously. I the thing I, is, I, the, the, those players really don't know us because we never talk to them other than on Zooms. Yeah, I will say, I don't, like, is that the thing that Oklahoma would want? Just as far as, like, I don't know if you want to play Caleb Williams. That's not ideal, no. No. I mean, offensively, they're still pretty damn going good. It, I, I, we listened to a little bit of that game yesterday on the way back, and uh, Arizona was moving the ball at will at times. Yeah. Well, they didn't have uh, Mario Williams or uh, Jordan Addison. And Caleb Williams still threw for five touchdowns and 400 yards. Yeah, no shit. He's a sicko, but the dude can coach. There's no doubt about that. Oh, no. Is it trick-or-treat day today? I think it's tomorrow. Hmm. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what that schedule is. Yeah, I don't either. I'm just I'm just turning my lights off tonight. That's what I know. I think it's tomorrow. I think it's Monday. To be living I have in no darkness. Idea, we'll, be, uh, we'll be at practice. So I I guess I don't. Nobody's going to be coming over to the COVID compound. You can't get into this building. <laughs> It's a fortress. All right. Well, next week, 2 o'clock, uh, we'll be back with another Eskridge Lexus postgame podcast. This time, uh, we apologize for doing it on a Sunday, but I wanted the guy. I told Eddie this last night, like, we're not having you do a podcast while you're in a car driving through that part of the country. Because for those of you that do know, I have hit a deer uh, coming back from Ames in my lifetime. And it freaks me out driving at night. Uh, coming back from Ames to Kansas City every freaking time. So, did you see any on the side of the road or anything? Yeah, we did, actually. Oh, shit. A couple times. A couple oh, times. No. There was actually quite a bit of traffic out last night, so it wasn't too bad. Okay. Uh, it, was, it was actually kind of, kind of strange how much traffic was out, but uh, it was it, – it, it, and it's not that bad of a drive. I mean, get through Kansas City no, and I then – I offered uh, to fly you guys, south. and you're like, no, yeah. we just want to drive. Yeah, it's not too bad. So – 
uh, we will be not be making the uh, the drive to uh, Morgantown. I think we'll be flying. No, out there, flights so. are already booked for that one. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So it was uh, overall a pretty good trip. You know, I if that's the uh, the last time that we ever go up to Ames, Iowa, uh, you know, God love. I them. mean, let's be I, honest. I, I, would I mean, not miss it. Look, Bedlam is its own thing, but next week will be OU's biggest test to have they gotten over the hump and really improved. Yeah, I really think it. It's. I'm not saying it's the toughest game to have because OSU beat them in Waco, and I think I think Baylor is a. They're right there with everybody. They're a good team. They can beat almost anybody any week, but they're not. They're not a juggernaut by any means. Sure, they've got some issues on their offensive line and defensive lines. So, and their defense is not what it has been. They just lost so many guys to the draft. Yeah, they they're beat up. There's no doubt about that. So we will be back for that again next week. Thanks to uh, Eskridge Lexus for being the official travel partner of uh, uh, Soonerscoop.com and the Eskridge Lexus postgame podcast. Uh, go check them out, EskridgeLexus.com, and uh, get yourself in line. Those cars are continuing to come in. Uh, if you're looking for something in L-certified, uh, those are great, great cars as well. Uh, so Ed and the guys will take care of you. Just go check them out at, es- at uh, Eskridge Lexus. So thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll be back again uh, middle of the week for the unofficial 40. But until then, we're signing off right here from the Eskridge Lexus postgame podcast on Soonerscoop.com.